0: Welcome to The College Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 Movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. I'm Holly Powell. I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky.
1: And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan-Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the collects in the Book of Common Prayer.
0: And this week, we're going to be talking about the collect for Proper 13, the last Sunday of July. woo
1: Oh, my God. It is so hot here, Holly.
0: Oh, dude. My house right now, the thermostat, oh, it's down to 74. It was (laughs) 77 in here earlier, and my HVAC was just cranking away because it was like 99 outside. Why, Al Gore, have you done this to us? (laughs) (laughs) Anywho... Take a minute and um, go to church on Sunday. I bet it will be nice and cool in there, except your church, Brendan. Sorry.
1: No, we will be baking. It's going to be so hot.
0: Yeah. I'd I'd be interested to hear from our listeners who else goes to church in a building thats unair un-air-conditioned.
1: We should put out a poll on Twitter about that.
0: We should. All right. We'll do it if we remember. Yeah. If we don't, somebody tweet us and remind us.
1: Yes, please do.
0: So this call-it can be found on page 232 of the BCP. Let your continual mercy, O Lord, cleanse and defend your church. And because it cannot continue in safety without your help, protect and govern it always by your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So interesting syntax there in the beginning.
1: Yeah, it's pretty unusual to have that structure. Yeah. And this prayer, I don't know if it is a Cranmer original, but Cranmer had a version of it that had roughly this same unusual sentence structure.
0: It is not a Cranmer original, according to Hatchett. It is from the Galatian sacramentary. And the only thing that Hatchett notes about this prayer is that in 1662, the word church was inserted. Prior to that, it said congregation. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. But they felt it had a negative connotation of the Puritans.
1: I guess I could see that given the time.
0: Yeah,
1: But actually, that's a really interesting shift. So first, I have to tell Tell you one thing, Holly. So when I see Cleanse and Defend Your Church, I just think of angelic janitors with machine guns. (laughs) Yeah.
0: They're washing the floors. They're shooting the bad guys. I like it. And,
1: you know, I don't know if this is a positive thing or a negative thing, but I, I didn't know that thing about the congregation thing. But... If you say cleanse and defend your church, then you're talking about the church as this giant worldwide institution or body of Christ or whatever. Whereas if you say congregation, this prayer actually provides you a little bit less wiggle room. It it might provoke a little bit more self-examination of an individual church community. I don't know.
0: Interesting. I don't see this prayer as one inspiring a lot of self-reflection, so I'd be interested to see where you see that.
1: Well, I don't know. I don't really have anything specific in mind. And actually, as I was thinking about this prayer, I was actually thinking more about uh, the Big C Church, or at least church as being bigger than a congregation. Uh And I am reluctant to get political on this podcast, but we are recording this during the week that the Republican National Convention is happening. When I look at this prayer and see this phrase, because the church cannot continue in safety without your help, I think about the danger that the church is in now, whether it is embracing Donald Trump, Jesus says to love your enemies, so, you know, Donald Trump is a child of God, but his behavior is not consistent with Christian teaching in so many ways. And I'm not talking about the three marriages and adultery and all that. I'm talking about denigrating the poor, the outcast, Mm -hmm. you know, he just piles on. Anyway, and I think that the church is in grave danger when it mixes itself up uh, with Donald Trump. We do have that same problem sometimes in the Episcopal Church when the aims of the church and the Democratic Party platform sometimes seem to be indistinguishable from each other, and that is problematic as well.
0: Yeah, I really do think that the more separation between church and state, the better off we all are. But I think that the biggest danger is within the church. I don't think that conflating the two will cause the state to collapse, but I certainly think that it can and has created a lot of, of discord and unchristian behavior um, from both sides of the aisle.
1: Yeah. And I'm not saying Christians shouldn't be political. We have an obligation to the world and the communities we live in and part of how that gets exercised is politics. But we need to be really clear about, you know, the difference between the church and civil authorities.
0: Right, right. And I mean it's kind of just like we were talking about last week, Brendan, with the way you behave on the internet is the way you behave. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true from a from a political perspective as well. Yeah.
1: Do we have anything else to say about this collect?
0: You know, I'm just taking a look at the gospel reading for this week. To kind of tie in a little bit to this discussion of politics, Jesus tells the parable of the rich man who has too many crops to be able to use for himself. And so he decides to build bigger barns so that he can keep more things and in that way, he will be able to relax. He has lots of stuff. And then he dies that, that evening. And so that parable bugs me just the tiniest bit. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of stuff, because I'm, I'm pretty minimalist when it comes to the things. But I spend a fair amount of time thinking about my retirement plan and how... I'm going to be able to have an early retirement and and, uh, also pay for my kid's college. And basically, the answer to that is that she's got to develop some sort of athletic ability pretty quick. Um, (laughs) I'm working on it at any time. And so I need to hear this one, I guess, is what I'm trying to say.
1: (laughs) Thinking about what we were just talking about with Donald Trump, this one does seem to involve real estate development and huge buildings.
0: <laughs> these these barns are huge.
1: Yeah. I can assure you there is no problem with the size of my barns.
0: No problem whatsoever. The <laughs> nicest barns ever to have been built. Solid gold fixtures.
1: So, one of uh, one of the things that I love about this reading though is that this is one of those points where Jesus is is being funny. Because <laughs> I I love this line where he talks about the man and I will say to my soul soul you have ample goods laid up for many years
0: relax eat drink be (laughs) merry man you have you're really peer pressuring your soul into yeah (laughs) the first one's free guy Right. But I think this is another one of the two types of colics that I always talk about. Grannis Mercy or Grannis Grace, and uh, this one's about mercy.
1: No multiplication of mercy this week, though.
0: No, which is sad. Yeah. But it's okay, because the mercy is continual. So it's like an infinite loop of mercy that's just constantly washing the floors and shooting the bad guys.
1: (laughs) So, guess what, Holly? What? We have another installment this week of Prayers of the People Profiles from Adam Tramble. Yes! Trambley. Prayers of the People Profiles, an exclusive collect call report by Adam Tramble.
2: This episode of Prayers of the People Profiles, sponsored by the Oxford Comma, an indispensable part of every Trinitarian formula. Today on Prayers of the People Profiles we're going to look at Prayers of the People Form 6 found on page 392 and 393 of the Book of Common Prayer. Here's a quick rundown of what works and what doesn't in this form, followed by our overall insensual evaluation. What works? The call and response lines at the beginning of this form have nice balance and rhythm that get right to the point by praying for various people without a lot of excess verbiage. The confession at the end is similar. A simple, clean prayer asking for forgiveness of all our sins so that we may live and serve you in newness of life to the honor and glory of your name. The church should probably take advantage of this confession even at times when form six isn't being used. What doesn't work? The straightforward beginning and end of this form are broken up by the very awkward section in the middle. After setting up the call and response rhythm, form six changes the pattern for no readily apparent reason. The silence after the three biddings can get awkward, especially if the reader adds parish prayer lists, because the people are being asked to add their own petitions, while still being ready to come in with responses at other times. The introduction to the confession is also a bit odd, since a form seems to assume that the leader of the prayers reads it, while otherwise the call to confession comes from the celebrant or the deacon. If prayers of the saints are bowls of incense, what kind of incense would this form be? Form 6 is what you get when you find yourself out of the good incense and using whatever is at the bottom of the unmarked bags in the back of the cabinet left over from the previous rector.
0: Wow, Adam, I'm amazed that you were able to get such a high-profile sponsor.
1: No kidding, right? <laughs> I am sold on the Oxford comma now yeah. that it has appeared on this podcast.
0: <laughs> I I was a fan before, but now yeah. I'm even more of a fan.
1: Yeah, move over, Mail Kemp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's time for acknowledgments and bewailings. What you got?
1: Uh, so I want to acknowledge. I've been really behind on listening to uh, the podcast Criminal, which I know you listen to sometimes. Uh huh. So today I was driving around and I, I just like happened upon it in my podcast feed and I was like, oh, I haven't listened to this for a long time. So I just picked a random episode from January. And it's this uh, the episode is called Perfect Specimen. Uh huh. And it is about the Treaty Oak in Austin, Texas. Oh, and yeah. And it is the story of how somebody tried to poison the tree. Yes. And it is such a cool and crazy episode. I loved it. It's like 22 minutes long. Uh, so we'll link to it in the show notes. You should totally listen to it. It was great.
0: Brendan, that is hilarious because I was going to acknowledge a criminal episode this week. Are you kidding? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Mine was um, an episode from, a, a more recent episode, although I'm also a little behind. I haven't listened to the two or three most recent, but it, it was episode called Just Mercy. And it was an interview with a man named Brian Stevenson, who has written a book called Just Mercy. And I guess he's fairly well known. I, I was not familiar with him before this podcast, but he runs the Equal Justice Initiative, which is kind of like a similar thing to The Innocence Project, but it's primarily um, focused around people of color Hmm. who have uh, been wrongly convicted. It doesn't really follow the form of criminal usual. The usual episode is a, a story of a case. This is more of an interview with this guy who has spent his entire legal career working to get people off of death row and about how he started doing that uh, how he got interested in that and what he's learned from interviewing and working with all these countless people who have been sentenced to death by the state i mean it's it's certainly not a uh, a light to listen <laughs> but it's a very worthwhile 28 minutes of your time <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll definitely, uh, as I'm catching up, I'll I'll put that higher on the list. Yeah. Do you have anything to bewail this week?
0: I do have a, a mild bewailing. Those of you who follow me on Twitter know that I have just emerged from a five-day stomach virus. <laughs> and it was <laughs> the worst. And I, the less said about that, the better. But I'd like to thank Gatorade, <laughs> <laughs> Tylenol, and... Hulu for <laughs> keeping me busy while I convalesced.
1: Well, I'm so glad you're feeling better.
0: Me too. It was literally the worst.
1: Well, I would like to bewail that my recording studio, where I am right now, is not on the house's HVAC system. Woo! And so I have a window unit and I had to turn it off so that it wouldn't affect the recording. And I would like to bewail the fact that I am very sweaty right now.
0: <laughs> I'd like to also offer an official podcast apology to the official linguist of the collect call for having to live with you.
1: <laughs> well, he's not here at the moment. He's clearing out oh, okay. storage unit in Atlanta.
0: Ooh. So yeah, he probably has some bewailings of his own.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will get zero sympathy from him when he listens to this episode
0: i bet it's coming up on the back to school timer at least it is here i know a lot of people in the in the other parts of the country don't go back to school until late august or even some cases after labor day but here in kentucky my daughter is going to be going back to school on august 10th so very soon and so i just would like to take a a moment to plug if you haven't already seen it. The fine videographers at Acts 8 have prepared a video that your church could use to promote a back-to-school event or the return of Christian formation if you took the summer off or whatever you want to do uh, with the video. It's cool.
1: And aren't your dulcet tones narrating that video?
0: <laughs> yes, they are. So if you guys are... Um, craving a little more holly than you're already getting <laughs> um you can go over to actsate movement.org and uh, check that video out see if your congregation has any plans to use it and if not you could be the brave person if you don't already work for the church and this isn't your job you could be the person that spearheads a cool social media campaign for the first time
1: I don't, I don't even know what sound I was trying to make. That came out weird.
0: <laughs> I don't either, but I liked it. Well,
1: if you would like to tweet strange sounds to us, uh, you can do that uh, on Twitter, at the Collect Call. Uh, or if your sound is longer than 140 characters, you can send it to us in email format, at the Collect Call, at acts movementorg
0: I just know one of these smart Alex that listens to us is going to send us, like, 141 characters of, like, woo! yeah (laughs) and by smart Alex I mean we love you all very much yes we do and you can find our parent organization on acts8movement.org as I previously discussed or on Facebook and Twitter at acts A-C-T-S the number 8 movement
1: you can find Adam Trambley on Twitter at Adam Trambley or at his blog adamtrambley.blogspot.com
0: and this episode was edited not by Brendan for the first time ever, but by our friend, the Reverend Joe McGarry, who's the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Gardner, Massachusetts. And uh, he is the co-host of Two Bald Pastors, which you can find at two, the number two, baldpastors.com. And you can find Joe himself on Twitter at pastor Joe Mc.
1: And Two Bald Pastors is, we're in full communion with the Lutheran Church, so it is licit to listen to a Lutheran show.
0: Indeed, we will not judge you. In fact, we will acclaim you. We,
1: yeah, we will. We will. <laughs> yes, let us know and, and we will acclaim you on a future episode.
0: Indeed, we will also commune with you as we are in full communion. <laughs> <laughs> our theme music as always is let all mortal flesh keep silence by erin de which is distributed under a creative commons license and you can find more of aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com
1: and join us next week when we will be talking about proper 14
0: see you then
2: let all mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand, ponder nothing earthly minded, for with blessing in his hand, Christ our God to earth descended, our full homage to.